0: I can relate what's up y'all how y'all doing welcome to another episode of i can relate i'm jada and i'm damo and this is your resource for international news and all things relatable hey jada okay
1: hey So, I am going to give you everything this week through the perspective of my 24 year old eyes because now I am a year older and a year wiser. One time for the
0: birthday, baby. Two time
1: for the birthday, baby. Is that right? You you can't dance no more. I'm going to blow my back out. (laughs) I got to
0: worry about my joints and shit. Yes. Come on, birthday. How does it feel to be 24? Oh, I'm sorry.
1: I was going to get right into it, but. It feels great. Okay. Actually, I will say, like, I've been feeling 24 for a long time, so I'm happy that it just says that, to be (laughs) honest.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, I'm glad. Let's be real. I'm glad you made it to see another year. We're so happy to have you here. I appreciate it. (laughs) Reality check. Yes. Let's get into this news. All right. What's up? What's going on in the world?
1: Okay. Basically, so what happened was... (laughs) So, last Thursday, the UNHCR, which is the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights, which usually deal with refugee, um, basically, instances, um, released a report on Mexico's investigation of the 2014 disappearance of 43 college students. So, basically this report came out saying that there's strong evidence suggesting that they torture these students to get information for the case. And so basically the report, or I can even give you the quotes of like what the report said, um, that 34 out of 129 people that were arrested in connection with the student's disappearance um, suffered torture. Um, the federal police, investigators, Marines, inflict like pain obtained um to obtain statements for the attorney general's office um and they took the case and so you know they've been fighting this case for a couple of years so basically what happened was during this kind of like i don't know you there is always like social tension right in everywhere that you go so basically in brazil these students were mourning. I forgot what they were doing. They were, It was kind of like a celebration. But they were like mourning somebody. Um, but out of nowhere, these cops just come in and take a bunch of people or whatever. So they take and arrest a bunch of people. And some people are like, oh, some people are hurt. But like, fine. But 43 of them disappeared. No one knows where they are. No one so it's 2014 and we still don't know what happened to these students that were taken by the police. Yeah. So yeah. And so actually what federal prosecutors actually said that these students were attacked by the police in September on 20, 2014 turned over to gang members um, who killed the youth and burned them, their bodies in a garbage dump. So that's what the federal prosecutor is saying. So like this, there's no like, I guess, concrete evidence, evidence, To say this is what happened to every person that went missing but they got taken by the police and they were never seen from again and so there's a case about it and the UNHCR is like you know this is what we found through our reports like these are the bruises people got like this is the medical records like this shit doesn't add up.
0: That's crazy. Do you
1: believe that?
0: I mean I want to say no but in this day and age it doesn't really surprise me which is sad. Well, crazy. still on the topic of corrupt government officials. America isn't the only country that battles with police brutality against people of color. So recently, a man named Matthias Melo, he was a black man. He was killed at the hands of police in Rio, Brazil. Just like America, black men are killed by police at outstanding rates with little to no repercussions in a lot of countries. So in response to this man's murder... A councilwoman named Marielle Franco tweeted, How many more must die for this war to end? And the very next day, while she was heading home, a silence sprayed her car with bullets, killing Councilwoman Franco and her driver, Anderson Pedro Gomes. So, super crazy, like, super radical, political. People just have these strong feelings um, in favor of the police. Everywhere. In our country, it's white supremacists, so right right but um right. you want to give Definitely. us some more detail yes
1: yeah, so
0: um
1: she was actually she was a, a councilwoman but also an activist and so very vocal about gay rights and black rights and we know that colorism in brazil is a very big thing and divided into different sections different from african-american colorism and she was fighting against like you said police violence especially in poor air er- neighborhoods so since her death protest has broken out like people flooded the streets really really upset and mourning her loss there's a hashtag going on on twitter um and it's Mario franco present which i just guess mario franco's here and um the guardian reported that it was a targeted assassination so it wasn't just like you know she got caught up in nothing you know and she guess where she was coming home from? Where? She was coming home from an event called Young Black Women Who Are Changing Power Structures.
0: Right. Like, literally,
1: (laughs) like a legend, like, I do not stop this work, you know? And she had to lay her life down for it. And, you know, I think she's going to end up being turned into a martyr and a symbol for activism. But on a lighter note, zimbabwe held their first albino beauty pageant and it was called oh, wow. Beauty beyond the skin yeah which i thought is a good idea yeah you know let's just include everyone yeah let's include everybody i'm
0: all about representation
1: do you feel me and so in an effort to destigmatize just albinoism in um the that condition um they held this pageant they're the second african nation to do so and the winner of the pageant um, was crowned Miss Albino last week, and I'm going to pronounce her name. She's 22, and it's spelled how it sounds. So I'm going to do it. Um mutukura. Yeah. Something similar. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: anyway, sorry. She girl. was crowned. She did her thing, and yeah. So there's some representation going on. Yes, Thank sister. God.
0: Come on, sister. <laughs> well i'm so sorry to bring the mood down again but um on sunday march 18th 23 year old oh. sorry 23 year old stephen clark was shot and killed by police in his grandparents backyard Jesus. so the police are saying so let's just make that clear the police are saying that they responded to reports of a man breaking into cars And a helicopter apparently spotted Clark in the backyard, alleged that he broke a window at the home. And I guess, like, they said that from the backyard, he, like, ran to the front yard and, like, saw him, like, trying to get into a car and then ran back to the backyard. Just The article wasn't even very clear. Yeah. And so, of course, the officers are claiming that he lunged um, to what the officers believed were a, was a gun before they shot him. They shot him four times in his back. Of course. And his family said that he was over at his grandparents' house because he was staying the night. And he was the father of two boys, ages one and three. Uh-huh. And this is actually a friend of our friend, Yandel. So I do want to acknowledge that and offer our condolences to him. Yes, for his definitely. Loss so um after speaking with Yandel, apparently this story is being orchestrated by the police and the media isn't releasing information about what actually happened Uh so um you know and this is another one of those things sad to say that we've heard it all before you know so it's really sad that this same storyline keeps happening
1: i have Something to say. Say it, (laughs) sister. Like I, this is why. This is why to be a black person and to be what is is the quote? To be a black person and to be relatively like woke in this like day and age is to be enraged. Exactly. Because because this is a system that keeps perpetuating the same outcome, and it is that black lives don't matter, and we will drag them through the fucking mud. We do not care. We will always shoot first. The thing is. Even if he was stealing shit, which we know he wasn't, even if he was stealing shit, even if he was breaking into people's cars, why does he have to be gunned down? Exactly. Why are you not trained if you have to use your gun to shoot people in the fucking leg and arm? You know what I mean? Right. Why does it have to be his life laid down on the line? Why are you shooting more than once? Exactly. These questions are rhetorical because we fucking know why. Exactly. There is a fear and a culture around black men and black women Mm -hmm. that is dangerous Mm -hmm. it's not fucking fair right i'm tired of it it's just tiring fuck how many 400 years 600 years of this like i'm tired i'm so tired
0: right right exactly and so um i did want to acknowledge this because this did happen in sacramento it's close you know to the bay area where a lot of People that we know are from and live. So, you know, this is just, you know, it's closer than you think. And it it can happen to anyone, you know. So, and it's unfortunate that there's really nothing we can do about it. You know what I'm saying? It's embedded in our society. This is what, this society was built on racism. So, it's, you know, but it is something that we want to make you aware of. And just know, because the media is not going to bring proper attention to it. So, We want to be the ones to let you know that, yes, this is still happening. You know, we have these school shootings happening and these kids are, you know, walking out on their classrooms, which is very admirable. But we still have to remember that, although that is a progressive gesture, black lives still don't matter. Right. You know, Right. so we can't forget that.
1: What makes makes, um, those school shootings such a gag is that that shows you that what matters more than white lives is money. Exactly. Because little white kids dying and not shit not being done is a
0: gag. Right, right. So, so think of like, it's like, you know, white kids, they're like up there on the totem pole. Think about where black people are. Exactly, you exactly. Know? And we're all below money. Exactly. So. Yeah. Sort of on a lighter note, um, okay. you know, if you want to make change in your community... This is the first step you can make and that is to vote. So, so um, are you talking about a
1: presidential election, damo? Or <laughs> am I voting for Trump to get out of office? No,
0: ma'am. You uh, are voting in your state primaries. Okay. So, what's that like? What you mean? You're a political science major, so maybe you should explain. I just got the dates. So, basically,
1: <laughs> so so, what is making Trump so powerful is the fact that he has Congress like behind his back, and basically the ratio of Democrats to Republican is favoring the Republican side. Our job now is to vote during these elections, the primary elections, which happens every two years, um, to get power in the House, get power in Senate, and, and um, the House of Reps. So, so. This doesn't mean that Trump is not going to continue to do crazy shit, but it means that the more shit that he proposes, we can block. We have our party can block. You feel me? Yeah. Now, Don't have all this faith in the Democratic Party, but as you motherfuckers, okay, excuse my language, (laughs) people didn't want to vote because they didn't want to vote for Hillary. Now look where we're at. Right. Do you feel me? Right. So now you have no choice. Right. You must participate because it is only going to get worse and it is dangerous for the people around you.
0: Yep. Do you feel me? Yep. Okay. Yep with that being said right (laughs) with that being said um on via new york times i have the 2018 election calendar and i'm going to share it with you so it's a lot of dates so please listen out for your state so as of march 20th will be the illinois primaries may 8th will be indiana ohio west virginia and north carolina May 15th will be Idaho, Nebraska, Oregon and Pennsylvania. May 22nd, Arkansas, Georgia and Georgia. Kentucky. Georgia, Atlanta, that again I repeat, May 22nd, go out and vote. June 5th, California, Bay Area, LA. California is June 5th, your primary date, go out and vote, as well as Mississippi, Alabama, Iowa, Montana, <laughs> New Jersey, New Mexico, and South Dakota. Mm -hmm. June 12th, Nevada. My homies in Las Vegas. Maine, Mm -hmm. North Dakota, South Carolina, and Virginia. Mm -hmm. June 26th, New York. My my East Coast homies. June 26th is your primary date. Go out and vote. Maryland. I got some people in Maryland, too. Mm -hmm. Utah, Colorado, and Oklahoma. August 2nd, just Tennessee. August seventh, Michigan, my grandparents, Detroit, my yeah. people, out there. Got some people out there, Missouri, Kansas, and Washington State. Mm, okay. August eleventh, Hawaii. August fourteenth, Minnesota. I know we got some people out there. August fourteenth, yes, Connecticut, out. Vermont, and Wisconsin. August twenty first, Alaska and Wyoming. Okay. August 28th, Arizona and Florida, my people in Miami, Orlando, August 28th, September 12th, Rhode Island, and last but certainly not least, November 6th, Louisiana, so my my New Orleans folks. November 6th is your primary date. So, um, if you want to go view the full calendar, you can go to NewYorkTimes.com and just search for the elections calendar, um, to get more detailed information about your state specifically, because there was a lot of, um, broken down information about the different parties, some of the candidates. I know for California, yeah. Diane Feinstein is, um, running for re-election, so it gave a little bit of information about her. So it, um... For me, what it did was it it said um, primaries near you, so the information about Diane Feinstein popped up because I'm in California. So it'll do the right. same for you and your candidates in your state. So go out there, get informed, go vote, make a difference, because this is the only way. This is the first step to get Trump out of office or to get some order and some integrity back into the White House. So hello, yes. So let's get into ST. I got some tea.
1: Yes. Do you want to
0: do your tea first? Um. Sure. Okay. Go for it. So, I I mean, it's not really my tea. You know, I, I be in everybody else's business because I don't got none. Um, yes. <laughs> but, no, Um. do you see these kids wilding in Miami for spring break? I actually have
1: not been catching it, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah, girl, it is crazy. I mean, you know, it's... um. You know, it's a new week. You know, I think, like, for the whole month of March, like, different schools go to Miami different weeks. But, yeah, a lot of HBCUs. Right. But this past week, the AUC had spring break. So, a lot okay. of people into my, went to Miami and um, I saw it okay. all. Everybody let it all hang out. You hey. know, I was seeing, um, you know, things were going viral. I was seeing... um you know, people were having sex in elevators, and whoa. you know, you know, unprotected, and whoa. right, whoa, yeah. Jesus, um, <laughs> you An know, elevator, y'all couldn't wait till all you got off the floor, <laughs> right? No. Um, so there was this one viral moment that I thought, honestly, was kind of shady, all so. Right. So there's like this guy and he's standing next to this girl And, like the, there's two girls and their their backs are turned right like to him you know they're like it looks like they're kind of like watching something you know someone's probably playing music or dancing or whatever and they're just kind of watching and um you know, he was, he was like, recording a Snapchat and kind of, like, you know, did a joke, kind of, like, act like he was licking her ass or whatever, right? I think I did see that. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, she kind of looked and, you know, saw that he was recording and starts twerking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's music playing. He starts slapping her ass, whatever, da-da-da-da. Right. He posted on Twitter. Right. The girl sees it. She DMs him, and she's like, can you delete this? Right. And I guess he screenshot or she goes she goes I think she put in detail like can you delete this? Like, I have a boyfriend. Right. This is me. Can no, you delete yeah. this? I have a boyfriend. And he screenshotted i guess the dm and then that went viral and you know it just turned into this big thing and everyone was calling her all types of names and you know um people were making memes about it and you know it it was pretty funny you know um but to think of the concept like let's think about how many of them hoe boys that be going down to miami that probably have girlfriends let's be real
1: Girlfriends or situationships knowing they shouldn't be doing
0: what they're doing. Exactly. Acting a damn fool. But ain't nobody, uh, you know, putting them on blast on Twitter. I just don't think it's fair. And I just didn't really like, um, you know... I'm not gonna lie. I did participate just a little bit because some of the memes and stuff were funny. Like this yeah. one guy, he tweeted he was like, "If that was my girlfriend, I would have ran out, um, ran out the, uh, ran out to Miami talking about murder." And it was like a gif of like Ja Rule, and they were like coming out and like the all black. It was so <laughs> funny. Like I was so weak, so I had to retweet that one. But other than that, like I really didn't participate because I felt bad. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, like granted. Okay, like you know, you was targeting and like a dude was smacking your ass or whatever. But it's like she didn't do anything wrong. She's out in Miami having a good time. I'm pretty sure she was under the influence. But like regardless, like if the girl told you, if the girl identified that that was her in the video and she didn't consent to you posting it, she tells you to take it down. I feel like you should take it down. Like you know what I'm saying? Like
1: you definitely should have screenshot her, blasted and tagged her. Exactly. The
0: exactly. She should
1: have at least like her AVI and her name should have been blocked out if you had to make the story exactly like a story
0: and then you know what i'm um, saying like it's just like niggas will do anything for you know for some some internet fame
1: it's in bad taste and it's like let's be real miami spring break and girls being really drunk and just willing to twerk at any time is the only opportunity that you are ever in this setting exactly you're ever this lucky right so like come on like you could be an adult about it or you could be a kid about it and, um, yeah, and then, you know, that's the thing about social media. Everyone has their opinion. Right. Like, and that's what happens when you bring it to social media. And so that's why she said, take it down. So take it down. Are you less of a of a badass? Are you less of a cool nigga because you took it down? Absolutely, because you're measuring it about that because you don't do that shit in real life. Because right. it's all fake. Like, you know. Right. So, yeah, I think that's fucked up. I personally... The thing is, like, in a relationship, I do have to think you you have to be respectful and whatever boundaries y'all set is what you should, you know? But we as the audience do not know, you feel me? Besides the clear line of cheating, we don't know. So, right. you know, whatever. I'm sure she's still with her nigga. And if she's not, oh, well, like, I'm <laughs> sure there's thousands of niggas who want to be with her because she was bad. Right,
0: right. What if that ass? Go ahead, girl. Right. I'm on your team. <laughs> Exactly. Go, girl. You have fun, girl. You go, Glen Coco. You, you go, Glen Coco. <laughs> That's going to be her name because we don't know her name. We're going to call her Glen Coco. Yes. Um, okay, you want me to keep going? Go, keep going, girl. All right. What about so, this one of our favorite shows uh, from one of our favorite girls is Grownish, starring Yara Shahidi, our little sister. And so recently, her show has. Got a lot of critique from Black Twitter, of course. The most critical yeah. of them all. Right, we see everything. <laughs> okay, we cr- critique at the drop of a dime. No problem. Right. So basically, Grownness has been receiving a lot of critique in regards to not having any dark skin women in the cast. Mm-hmm. Which you or know, again. yeah, yeah. Trevor Trevor Jackson. He's he's a brown he's skin. Brown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so no dark-skinned people, you know? In the main cast, you know? So, Yeah. Um, so some girls tweeted Yara in regards to these critiques. uh, You know, basically saying, like, you know, this is supposed to be a show that's supposed to highlight all these forms of representation. And they don't have any dark-skinned black women, so what's up with that? And um, in response, she blocked them. And so... <laughs> Yeah, so like these girls posted I guess like the tweet that they screenshotted the tweet that they posted and then screenshotted like her blocking them and um so I just kinda wanted to know your thoughts about this. Personally, um I feel that Grownish does do a good job as far as representation goes in a lot of areas. Um you know, whether it's sexuality, gender, uh race and you know, just all different types of things and it just seems like every main character has some sort of thing that qualifies them to be other. You know what I'm saying? Whether like the white girl is bisexual and you know, the, the Indian boy is like a drug dealer who comes from like a rich family and, you know, Yara is black and she comes from her family. And then you got the twins and, um, trevor jackson who's like a, a, a black activist and then you got the roommate who's like a latina republican you know what i'm saying so it's like all these different you know dynamics um you know and then it's it, it kind of this kind of poses the question like all these different dynamics why leave out dark-skinned women or is it that big of a deal so i just want to wanted to hear your thoughts about it and what do you think about this critique
1: yeah i think that i think that it's a big deal to dark skinned women, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that like oftentimes because we sit in our privilege, we we it doesn't even occur to us. Right. You know? But if if my little sisters are watching grownish and they're watching blackish and they don't see themselves, then that is, you know, just an issue. And we and since Yara has the opportunity to, it's like, why not cover this? Why not cover colorism?
0: Right.
1: Um could the twins be dark skinned yeah like they could be dark skin. it wouldn't be chloe and hallie though and i think right. that's what they wanted exactly Feel me? right and so i think she has an opportunity to off oh, th- this is the thing and so i'm not famous so i don't know and i know just as a human being it is hard to take critique Mm -hmm. but your reaction to that to that critique shows who you are right 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 and I don't know if her reaction of blocking was the right reaction unless they were saying things that are nasty like if you have a critique and you're calling me bitches and hoes you're blocked I don't care what you have to say right
0: and that and that's Um, not what it was
1: and she, she, you know, she could have not responded. You're not going to respond to everybody. Things, people are always in her mentions. Right. Um, but for you to then block me, it's just like, and I'm sure these people, though they're critiquing them, it is, they are, if they have are not fans, they have watched the show a couple of times. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's it's just something to think about. She's young, but I think that we just as human beings have to be open to, like, okay, like, I fucked up. I apologize for letting you down and that's that. You know, shit, maybe next season we'll do better. Maybe next season we won't, but I can be wrong. You feel me?
0: Right, and you know, we don't and, We don't know how much of that is in her hands too.
1: We don't know how much is out of that is in her hands. I will say this though, like, when you're a, a person of color in power, you have got to bring up your people. And I don't want to say that this is not an issue they need to bring up over LGBTQ or so 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 on and so forth or the other way around, you know? Mm-hmm. Why isn't colorism as big of a deal as being bisexual? So, you know, you I think that they have a very good point and her reaction to it kind of showed her colors. Right.
0: No, I agree. I agree. Hmm. Well, just to stay on the topic of color and race, um, you know, I kind of came across this idea of you know we know that african americans are a lost race you know we don't really know where our ancestry uh, traces back to unless you did your research and found out for yourself um but there was a tweet that i saw on twitter that was talking about it said that black people shouldn't have to pay for ancestry tests because we were kidnapped and stolen like why should we have to pay to find out where we were kidnapped from you know that's the minimum. Exactly, where are our reparations? I'm still waiting. So, um, you know, I've definitely battled with, not even battled, but, you know, considered the idea to get an ancestry test because I'm definitely interested, you know, to see where exactly my lineage goes back to. Yeah. Um, But I was talking to my roommate and she had brought up an interesting conspiracy theory that caught my attention. She um, was saying... Cause her, so, you know, she um, is Jewish. And, you know, we know that Jewish people are also a lost race. You know, with the Holocaust and everything like that. So, um, her, she always wanted to get an ancestry test to see where her ancestry, ancestry traces back to. So, for her birthday, her boyfriend got her ancestry test. And so, you know, she was really excited. But, you know, we were talking about... She brought up this conspiracy theory that... D- do you think that the government keeps your dna like when you submit these tests like when you like send like swabs and stuff like what do they you know it's like okay they like take it and then they send it and like how do we know those results aren't bullshit you know what i'm saying so um how much information do you give them before They send you back these results, you know, because you have to pay for this. So this is definitely a capitalist motive considering our country, you know, so we have to take all of those things into consideration before doing things like this. So I definitely uh, want to get an ancestry test because I want to know where the fuck I'm from. But I want to be very particular about the way I go about it because I don't want anybody making a clone of me or injecting Damo hormones into chickens or anything, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I,
1: like, I agree with that. I feel like the government already has, like, your genetic information. I feel like that... To to think for a second, you are you can escape anything they wanna do to you, I think is like foolhardy. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like so I should I wouldn't live my life in fear of the government, cause the government already got you, baby. You know? Yeah. So like I think, you know, it is something to to think about, but then also whatever they wanna do, they're gonna do. And 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 you you like doing an ancestry test, like I feel like it's low on the totem pole. Do you feel me? Like of like how they can manipulate like the shit that you have, especially uh, hospitals too. Any place that you they make money, there's like conspiracy there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like that you brought up that we are a lost race because that's part of my what's tea in like that African Americans because of our history, we are our own ethnicity and we like you said, do not have our own lineage. So we have to create what's in happening in the Americas. Like, you know, Mm. I will say this though, like Afro Latinas in Central America and um, South America in the islands, have the same history. Not exactly the same, but the transatlantic slave trade, most of the slaves went to those places. The the
0: largest slave amount went to Cuba.
1: Right, okay. And we, I think African American, if we're not the second smallest, like or the first, we're really, we're like a very low percentage, I want to say 11% of all the slaves that came from Africa, or I want to say enslaved Africans. So, um, so they have been they have a, they have been able to create a culture around that burden, around that, you know? And we have not, and I'm wondering why. And I have idea an idea about it, but I just want to pose the question to you. Like, do you feel American? Like, do you have any attachment to your flag, to this land, to anything about being black in America? Because you feel me, our culture is not fucking like um what are they called um not fucking oh what is it um i forgot what it's called but like orisha music and stuff like that's not our heritage that's not black heritage our heritage is hip-hop
0: yeah i was just gonna say like do i feel an attachment to this country and like the flag and all that no no i don't do i feel an attachment to black culture yes i do so hip-hop soul food you know what i'm saying family reunions like just like you know black twitter like you know all that all that stuff like i do like attach myself to and and
1: that and i'm happy that you said that because that's the that's the thing it's like everywhere else has been able to dig their fingers into the land and say okay this is my land this is where we're haitian you feel me like our people are african indigenous and there's some french in us like you know and we haven't been able to do that and You know, we always bring up like, okay, well, those other places after, or slavery was happening, and then colonization happened, you feel me? And they have a history of colonization with different places, but my argument is that... African-Americans have never stopped being decolonized. We are never decolonized. We never had a revolution and said, no, fuck, all this shit is different. Y'all got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, we don't. And right. so we have no attachment to, like, we all feel like Killmonger. Do you feel me? Like, we yeah. all are, like, lost. Like, you know, yes. fuck, where, where were you? Like, you know, we don't, right. we're
0: not a one. Right, you know? right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, fuck America. The fuck. I'm trying to get the fuck.
1: Yeah, well, my argument is that, like, in order for us to really grow, like, we have to find some type of patriotism somewhere, and if that means toppling down the government, like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. I'm
0: down for a revolution. Okay. Okay,
1: last was tea on the agenda. Yes. I started Hot Pilates. Yes! And I feel real good. My um,
0: my mom gave me
1: a gift of three months of Hot Pilates, so I'm really going to get into it, and I'm excited.
0: That's amazing. I, like, you just motivated me to get into it. But, like, I definitely got, like, the slap in the face that I need to get my shit together. Because summer is coming. It is upon us. And I want to be naked. So right. I, need I cannot be, be caught yeah, slipping. I need to get it together.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, man. All right. Can you peep us on some game?
1: Yeah, let me peep pee you on some game. Okay. Okay. So, today's peep pee you pee on game is Steven Biko full name Stephen Bantu Biko. He was the voice of Black liberation in South Africa during the apartheid between the years of 1960 all the way up until his death, which was in 1977. He was born December 18th, 1946, in the eastern province of Cape Town. Um, He he didn't create, but he helped to create, and one of the prominent leaders of the Black Consciousness Movement, um, and it's, like, his most recognizable organization in his life works was a response to the apartheid and the Nationalist Party, which at the time was the ruling party, which perpetuated policies of separatism, and, um comparable to like Jim Crow so for people who don't know in um South Africa's history is pretty interesting in that white people came from Europe and didn't colonize them in the same sense that we think of every other country they settled there they settled there and began living there and just like you know, picking up their life in South Africa. And then obviously through racist institutions, they were able to gain power. A very small percentage got gained power and they're not even from the place, right? Mm -hmm. They then began to do laws similar to Jim Crow that were whites only, blacks only, blah, blah, blah. So Stephen Biko combated that. And basically what he found was that there were parties that were helping black people and are like oh we don't want um, segregation blah 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 but they were led by white leaders and so he would create um, he launched the South African students or uh, yeah, organization in response to the National Union of South African students being created with white leaders and there was like no black leadership. And it's like, how, how are you going to help this black issue if you're not letting black people into power? Right. And so because of like his work, people always called him anti-white. He really, really wasn't. He was really just, um, combatant of white supremacy. Mm. Um, he is best remembered for empowering black voices and instilling pride, similar to Amistad there, and, um, like, the Negritude Movement. That's, like, what they, like, parale- parallel it to. And he popularized the term, black is beautiful. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so he um, made all these strides. Unfortunately, he was arrested and was beaten to death. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, while he was detained, unfortunately, and that happened August of nineteen seventy-seven. Of course, it was horrible. Twenty thousand people flo- uh, flooded the streets for his funeral. It affected United States black people like a lot because Stephen Biko was like a a, a lot of the face of South Africa's movement, and then you know, in parallel to our movement here about it. So that is Stephen Biko. That's your people on game.
0: Thank you. Wow. Yes, okay. get some info. Yeah. All right. Well, time to get into Girl Yas. Yes. So, this week's Girl Yas is going to be Sadie Barnett. Okay. And she is. We're acknowledging her this week because she displayed her first solo exhibit at the Baxter Street Gallery in New York. Now, I know what you're thinking. Like, okay, she just displayed do in art in the studio yeah. right in the hill. No, but. Her exhibit was called Do Not Destroy, which shines light on what government surveillance looks like when they declare you as the enemy. She is the daughter of Black Panther Rodney Barnett, and her piece is basically a collection of FBI documents plastered against a wall that the FBI maintained on her father, who was the founder of the Black Panther Compton chapter so the papers are barely readable but after um coming home from the vietnam war the fbi stalked her father due to his work with racial injustice movement it's about 500 pages um his fbi file and it um was basically just plastered across you know everything you know oh he left his house this date at this time you know what i'm saying just every file they could have on him um a lot um the murder of fred hampton was wow. involved in that yeah so it was it was a lot you okay <laughs> i hope so <laughs> yeah so it was a lot it was a lot so uh but basically um she did it in a way to where she could you know express this beautifully historical moment um through her artistry at this uh baxter street gallery in new york so it was great that the world got to see that so i just want to acknowledge sadie barnett for using her father's legacy to uplift the black community and continue to fight against racial injustice so yeah it all starts with awareness
1: definitely it's really sad that the people who are still alive from that era have to be recluses because of what the government did exactly. um and can you imagine this is what we're spending our taxpayer money on like you know ridiculous
0: some dumb stuff. just stalking black people right like we're so okay. famous
1: okay damo so how are we doing on time
0: we got about we we got we got some time
1: Okay, well, I'm just going to get right into it. Um, Mm -hmm. We're going to play you a clip. And basically, it's from The Grapevine, which we mentioned them um, a week ago or maybe two weeks ago, which is like that roundtable discussion, basically, of uh, black intellectuals, um, millennials, and this one particularly is called Homosexuality Tol- Tolerance Versus Acceptance. And the guy who's speaking, his name is Donovan Thompson. His um, handle is at I am Donovan. And the question, the conversation was around, obviously, to- tolerance and acceptance. But the question was, um, can I not agree with homosexuality? Or, like, can I, like, you know, can I not agree with your lifestyle but still respect you you feel me or still let you do what you do without like you know feel me judging it or whatever mm-hmm. and so this was donovan's response basically to that
2: okay let me sorry. let me let me just say this very quickly Go ahead. education is a powerful thing mm-hmm. you cannot sit in the face of gay people and gay people tell you about their experience and who they are and you tell them that you disagree now you can say that I don't, no i don't think she, all right well I'm saying you can say that you can say I disagree all that you want to, but you are not. You are. You are saying I'm not going to allow myself to be educated. I don't want to be. I'm going to forego your humanity and your experience for my comfortability because of my privilege and where and and, and my experience. And that is what I really fundamentally have a problem with. When you actually, not yet. Because here's the thing. I have people who write me from Uganda, who write (laughs) me from many many places and say, help me. Help Uh, me. What can you do to help me? Because this is what I'm experiencing. My friend got killed the other day. You know what I'm saying? So we can sit here. Listen to me very clearly. When we say things like, you can agree about who somebody is, gives a lot of people a license to take religion, to take a pastor's word, to take their, like my, my family, baby, I heard some things, okay? I was like, they might kill me you know yeah, what, yeah, J- Jamaican what so what yeah. i'm saying to you is that you can say oh we everybody has freedom of speech you can say what you agree with and what you don't agree with and i and i feel like you should be able to say those things but what we're, what we're trying to teach you as a gay black man and living in this particular intersection what i'm telling you is that this is a learning opportunity for you it is not something that you can agree with because i personally growing up i disagreed too i wanted to be somebody else and i was willing to take my life to be somebody else because i disagreed with who i was mm-hmm. But my, but I, I didn't have room for that. Because guess what, if I killed myself, the Bible told me I'm going to go to hell anyway. So I was like, shit, I got to figure out something else to do. <laughs> so what I'm saying to mind. you is that in this moment, get everybody who is watching, everybody at this table, it would be an amazing thing if you can just unlearn all the bullshit that you've been taught over your life. And listen to me when I'm telling you that I'm speaking for <coughs> millions of people who have had a hard fucking life. They don't have an ELSA. They, they're, they're, their stomachs are hurting them because they don't know what's going to happen to them tomorrow or the next day. And they're married. Wanting to be with a man but married to a woman, and they don't know what to do because of who they are. I don't want to get really, really preachy. That's probably what it sounds like. But there's a different. I disagree with your shirt. You can take it off. I cannot take off my gayness, and I don't appreciate you telling me that I can't.
1: on it, I want to say that I think he very clearly laid out um, what people of, and allies of the LGBT community feel, and, you know, but um, just, basically, they were just saying, you know, my grandmother at home, you know, she doesn't agree with, you know, she was growing up a certain way, you know, um, but can, you know, can she do that but still be like, okay, you can live your life, Right, 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 right.
0: Um, you know, I definitely see where he's coming from and I think he uh made a valid point where he brought up the point that, you know, there was a point in his life where he didn't even accept himself like, you know, he felt that he was wrong for feeling the feelings that he felt like, you know, like, he didn't want to like a boy, but he couldn't help it so, you know, he tried to do everything you know, in his power to make it go away to the point where he wanted to take his own life, you know so I think that when that comes into questions like homosexual tolerance versus acceptance, you know, like you really have to ask yourself, especially if you have heterosexual privilege, you have to ask yourself, do I tolerate gay people or do I accept gay people? Cause it's there's it's it's not a very thin line, you know? Um, I think that tolerance reflects, you know, you just kinda put up with it because you know gays aren't going anywhere versus accepting it you really have n- no issue with people loving who they love cuz that's all it that's all being gay is you yeah. know you you just love who and, you love and, like it's not you know yeah. and i i just don't feel like in in any way shape or form it's it's my place and that goes for you know people who even who are polyamorous or you know um right whatever you know that that's your choice who am i to judge you about who you know who you sleep with who you lay down with at night is none of my business and i'm not going to judge you as a person for that
1: yeah so yeah i want to point out just like a couple of things that he said that really like stuck out to me Mm like one it is not a question of or it is it is a question of humanity you can agree so so I think that that is the key thing. And I think you said choice, but and and I think what we do is we make homosexuality a choice in the lifestyle. Right. And it's not just like straightness isn't a choice in the lifestyle. And when he he goes like you're if you don't like my shirt, you don't agree with what I'm saying, what I'm doing, I can take it off, I can stop doing it. But I cannot stop being who I am. Right. I can't stop being black. I can't stop being a woman. I can't stop the urge, the, what I feel sexually. Because if you can just step inside of yourself, you didn't choose to be straight. Mm. Do you, you? You know what I mean? Mm. And so he was like, "When you, this is a learning opportunity for the people who say this is not how I grow up. This is not what I was taught. But I like I, you could do you. It's like let's take this moment now and learn." Regardless of what you were taught in the past, you cannot disagree or agree with my humanity. Mm. It is not fair. It is evil and violent, and that's what they kept bringing up—that it's violent rhetoric. Because what that says is that you can you can dismiss that part of me, and I you do whatever to me. Mm. And I thought he like he really laid it out. That's why I wanted to show it because he really laid it out really powerfully. Like fuck like you know this is his experience and that's like you know one thing but just to like be like okay like let me sit down and regardless of what people told me this is a person and I have to accept them as who they are you know agree or disagree like fuck like you know and like you said like who the fuck asked you like you know what I mean right
0: Right. It's, you know, it's yeah. No one's concerned. Like, because
1: people be like, you know, I don't understand it, but you can do you. And it's like, it's not, it's not for you to understand. Under- right. It's not a matter of I get it or don't get it. It's these people are born from God like this. Exactly. So, yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I think the trans talk is even more clear because. If you go to any other country, men and women looked, act, dress, and everything differently. Yeah, just differently. It looks different. Yep. Years ago, it looked different. So yeah, but um, but yeah, I just thought that that was powerful and just yeah. interesting. Yeah. You
0: know, yeah. no, I definitely. Agree. Thank you for um sharing that. Yeah. Um, you know, we're in uh, something we forgot. So I. Just, just have something to say. Because I get... You know, I appreciate all everyone who listens to us and all of our supporters. Um, yes. Thank a lot you. of people do reach out to us asking how they can be on the show.
1: Yeah, surprisingly.
0: Yeah. Like, we're, no, we're flattered. But, yeah, like, whatever. Yeah, we're flattered. It. So flattered. Flattered. Um, so... First things first, I'm gonna just just put some things out there for those who are interested in being on the show, being a guest on the show, or um, being interviewed, whatever. So um, don't ask to be on the gu- don't ask to be a guest on the show if you don't listen to the show. So and I say this because some people have come to me asking to be guests on the show, share some of their talents and things of that nature, um, but they're Whatever it is that they're trying to do on the show doesn't really fall into the context of our show.
1: And so you make us look like a jackass when we say, you know, what you're offering to give us is not really aligned with our content. Right. And it would not be appropriate for you to be featured on this show. Exactly. You make
0: us look like a jackass. Exactly. But you've
1: never listened to the show, so you don't know.
0: Exactly. So that's step number one. If you want to be on the show, listen to the show. So you Just can get once. An- yeah, just once. You can get an idea of what we do, what we talk about, get a feel of our energy. Um, and then you can decide if that, you know, is something that you would want to involve yourself with, whatever. Um, the easiest way to get on our show is to do something impactful for your community and make a difference you know um to damo's point
1: like there has it has to be within the context of um what we typically talk about and then also you know your craft or whatever work like you know just things that you've done so that we have like it fits within you know What we trying to do? Exactly. Not not because we're trying to shade you or not support you. Because any shout out, any product you want to shout out, like you know, what do we? We're more than
0: happy. yeah. we're
1: more than happy to hear from you. Yes. But, and it's it's just also kind of weird because it's like, damn, they clearly don't give a fuck. They're just trying to, they have a perception of what we are and so they're just trying to use us. And it's like, fuck, like, That's you know. That's not nice. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not nice and we really care about this shit. Right. Like, you know, right? we really care. Right.
0: All right. So let's wrap up the show.
1: <laughs> let's wrap up the show. So this week, In what we're teaching the kitties, we're teaching them about um, drug, alcohol, and sex consumption, all this stuff. And so one of the rules that came out of it, which I want to share with you, is to drink one drink per hour. Now, you know, adults usually don't do this, but I think this is generally a good rule of thumb for, um, you know, youngins, but just anybody, because it takes your body about an hour to process that drink through basically and like yeah so you can pretty much stay afloat all night if you drink responsibly and give enough time responsibly and give enough time
0: (laughs) in between time (laughs)
1: you know what I mean yeah Uh,
0: speaking of drinking (laughs) right I'm like a little tipsy there sister
1: right I took two drinks an hour
0: but
1: (laughs) I thought that that was good advice that everyone can take and so yeah, give yourself a little time and drink responsibly. It could save your life or the life of someone else. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Deadass. ass. Um, okay, well, mine's not as, you know, informational. But, like, you know, I've just been um, really dwelling in my self-worth uh-huh. and just realizing, oh, um, Yank just called me. Speak of the devil okay i'll call him after the show but we're gonna see keep going i was talking about my self-worth and
1: yes
0: yes um you know just holding myself up to a standard and the people that i associate myself with at a standard and um oh my god yandel i will call you back like omg right Um, you're disturbing
1: my phone call i never talked to her (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I wish I would have saw Jonna's This girl do not know how to act with these nails. Like she got these birthday nails and don't know how to act. <laughs> do you see her like oh. talking about some TTT? Girl! Oh, girl! Click, 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 click. Please! Please!
1: <laughs> Rubbing
0: my edges under Stop my Stop it! I cannot with you. I cannot with you. Okay. Pointing at things. Anyways, so um, yeah, so with that being said, this is a quote that I found on Twitter. <laughs> yes, Twitter got the quotes. Okay. Since day one, she already had everything she needs within herself. It's the world that convinced her she did not. Oh, And <laughs> Milk and honey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, milk and honey is so important. And when I see this quote, you know, I just think about a young girl coming out pure and perfect you know, coming onto this world pure and perfect with no insecurities or any um, boxes that she feels that she needs to fit in until she starts getting critiqued. Until people start pointing at little things that need to change about her, things that, you know, they don't like about her, things that are different about her, which develops all of these, you know, insecurities within her. Which makes her believe that she can't reach her full potential or that she's not beautiful or less than or whatever. You know, every woman has her battles. So, um, I just say that to say, you know, love yourself, know your worth, and girl, yas,
1: Girl, yes. Jesus, be a fence. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.
2: I can